You're on with Barbara. Hey, 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 it's me, Barbara Corcoran, and this is 888-BARBARA. That's right, it's time to answer all your burning questions. From the boardroom to the bedroom, nothing is off limits. So listen up for some advice on how to live your best life. Each week, I'll be answering all your burning questions, and sometimes I'll be asking them too, interviewing some of the greatest folks I know to learn the secrets of their success so I can share them with you. Today, I have with me the great Justin Long. I'm a fan of so many of his hit movies like Accepting Dodgeball, and I even saw Jeepers Creepers accidentally twice. <laughs> I mean, what? Why? Yeah. Both times were accidental? No, no, first oh. time intended, and then I saw it a second time. I was like, wait, I saw this movie. Okay. You might know him from listening to his wonderful podcast, Life is Short with Justin Long, where he gives his brother absolutely no credit, which I don't get. <laughs> and he's had what? conversations. Well, it's true. You have a brother. You don't name him in the name. You, yeah. don't, you don't give him any credit. Let's uh, leave okay. it there. We'll talk about that okay. later. He's had conversations with just about everybody. Alec Baldwin to his 103-year-old grandma. Can't even imagine what you look like at that age. Never mind sound like or be coherent, but he did it. Oh, she's not. She's not coherent. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's the best. She's very sharp. Oh, my God. Well, now it's my turn to find out what makes Justin Long the fascinating man he is. And for those of you who can't picture what he looks like now, picture him in any of those movies. He has such a youthfulness to him. I feel like I'm hanging out with a teenage guy. You have that air about you, like a teenager that wants to have a little bit of fun. Well, thanks, Barbara. You are welcome, dear. You have teenage energy. I'm not so sure about that. I have energy, but I don't know if it's a teenager. You've got this lankiness and movement <laughs> about you. Makes I feel like I'm in your childhood basement hanging out, listening to some 45s. You know? No, that's not gr- I mean, that's nice. That's if That's a nice memory. It's a very good memory. But I feel like a teenager in a middle-aged body is not the most... No, <laughs> it's, it's very the best combination. No, it's terrific. Wow, Come thanks. on, you sound like a lot of fun. You are a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. All right, so so here's my first question. How the heck does someone decide one day, I want to be an actor? Is that something that someone intends to do? What happened that made you say, I want to be an actor? Because you've been an actor your whole life. It's not um, like you found it later in life. Tell me right. that story. In my case, I, I can only speak to that. It was uh, My mother was an actress um, when I was growing up. And so it was something I was always around. And I would see her plays. But I always associated it with struggle and something that was uncomfortable. With struggle? Yeah. Because, because your mom had a hard time with it? Yeah. I mean... I remember sh- like schlepping around New York with her and going from one audition to the next and in mm. a lot of rejection. My mom was a very good actress. Um, and you were a child at the time? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So those were my early associations with it. I loved movies. I loved Michael J. Fox and Monty Python. I, there were so many movies I loved that, um, to me, actors didn't do those movies. Those were movie mm. stars did that. So I, and to be an actor meant, um, you know, you would do theater and Occasionally, you get a commercial, and you would make some money doing that. And because that's what your mom had done. Yeah, mm. and all her friends were in that in mm. that boat, and that's what most actors do. So I had no like delusions of grandeur when I started out, and it wasn't really until high school that I fell in love with it. That I, I did it more for social reasons. I loved sports, but I was too small to play. It was kind of a way to meet 
girls, frankly. I mean, it was like, you know, when you're a teenager, that's all. I would think being a football player would do you a lot more good than being an actor in high it school, no? probably would, but I was f- too small. I was too short. I tried out for football. I was four foot 10, oh weighed 89 gosh. pounds in high oh school. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. it was a, yeah, little, little. So theater was where I was able to, you know, meet people and, and it was a social thing. Hmm. Well, here's what I don't get in that storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're with your mother. You're a young kid. You're trucking around New York going yeah. to auditions, which the name of that game is mostly rejection, not mm-hmm. acceptance, right? So, and you used the word first struggle. It was a struggle for yeah. your mom. So I would have thought you would have left that situation with an idea like, I'm not going to do that. I did. I was. It was the last thing I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I did a play called Biloxi Blues. It was a Neil Simon play. And I played a character named Arnold this Epstein. in high school, right? It was in high school. And- God, I, I have such a bad memory, but I can remember almost word for word this one monologue that the character has where he talks about being bullied and cleaning these latrines. And it, it's a really beautiful monologue, a speech that mm. he gives. And uh, I remember coming off stage and the kids were like, you know, how's it going out there? How's the audience? And I remember the feeling of not knowing. Uh, mm. In other words, I felt like I had been so, this sounds really pretentious, but I was so present to the material and invested in that oh. speech and that character that um, I felt like I had no awareness of how the audience was or what. Wow. It like just, you're in a zone, you're on yeah, a zone. It felt Well, you really, were the character, I guess I would have to say, right? It was just such a great feeling. It was such a, felt oh. liberating. I felt really safe and I still do feel really, we were talking about, you know, doing podcasts and stuff like this and, and the dangers of saying the wrong thing and getting in trouble nowadays. And um, and when I act, sometimes it's the safest I feel it's between mm. action and cut. It's just because you, you're encouraged to try things and oh. to say things. Yeah, I still feel that feeling. I'd be curious because I've never had that experience myself. When you are acting, you're in that zone, that instance you just described so beautifully. Is it you're just not yourself? So it's like taking a vacation on yourself or is it the best form of yourself? You feel like you're living that character or <clears throat> you're playing that character? You I don't think living from what Living, you, you don't have to be self-aware. You don't have to be beholden to any social norms or etiquette. Mm. You can just play. You can just kind of give yourself over to mm. the other actors, the text, the situation. And it's the same reason I love kids and playing with kids talking to kids there's there's a purity to them there is no agenda that they have they're not beholden to these rules you so know true yeah oh it's great it's like so it's a real freedom freedom you're like you're flying yeah almost yeah i get it yeah what happens when you're playing many different roles and you vest yourself so heavily in the roles and you become that person so to speak how do you find yourself do you ever feel like when you've been playing a role particularly in a movie because it goes on and on you come home like, who the hell am I? Or is it just like, okay, that's done, close the door, and now here I am again. I'm just <sighs> long, and I'm the usual guy that I was when I was 12. I don't think I'm a good enough actor to struggle with that, with mm. having to wash off the character. I sometimes um, have a hard time letting go of a certain feeling that I, I've had that day or a position I've had to put myself in, whether it's um, – it can be a little depressing or if it can be a little, if it's anxiety, if whatever the character went through that day, you know, sometimes mm. it's hard to go, go home and just go right to sleep. But it's certainly not like, I don't know who I am. I mean, I, I'm not Daniel Day-Lewis. It's, it's not like <laughs> I have trouble getting back to myself. The issues that I face when I work in a movie is um, letting go of the experience and the people I worked with. You mean ending it? Because ending you're going to miss yeah, them? Yeah. Like yeah. a family. Yeah. You forge these it. very intimate relationships and- mm. 
I think that's why a lot of actors end up dating other actors. And you, oh. you have this experience that is so you're vulnerable and you're doing this very unique, oh, fun. Intimate. intimate. Yeah. yeah. What happens? I'd be curious. How long would a typical movie take? I don't mm. really know. Well, it depends. My brother and I just directed our first movie, which was Good a huge. For you. It was really exciting. It's it was, beyond acting. Ooh. Oh, yeah. But it was fulfilling. What are you nuts? You didn't no, I have know. <laughs> I know. No, but it was fulfilling in such a different way and in, in such a complete way. Uh, a really fully creative way, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And we had such a good crew and, and group of actors. I, I'll forever be grateful so to So, what's to, the name of that movie? Come on, here's your chance. Broadcast. Yeah, we'll yeah. plug it. Um, <laughs> it's called Lady of the Manor. It was about, I've always been really intrigued by ghost stories. And this is about about a girl who's kind of lost her way is a little untethered kind of a stoner and she gets a job as a tour guide for one of those old antebellum mm-hmm. manners and interesting um, storyline already yeah. so she plays the lady it has some significance it's in, it takes place in savannah and, and general sherman you know after he marched to the sea he saved savannah he spared the city of savannah he decided not to burn it down and there was a legend that he had done that because of where he stayed he was so charmed by somebody wow. and we kind of ran with that a little bit and, and that's the backdrop for the movie so this girl who gets this job she's playing the woman who charmed general sherman and the ghost of that woman takes offense at the way she's being portrayed it's like a story of a story of a story that makes it some more like supernatural it really is my brother and i love odd couple movies and planes trains and automobiles and what about bob and movies like that and so we just wanted a to write one ourselves. About and these. you actually wrote it? Yeah, we wrote it. Um, wow. Two of our favorite actresses played the parts. It was Melanie Linsky and Judy Greer. And they were so good. Elevated the material way beyond our expectations. It was so fulfilling. And well, let me special. tell you what's scary about this, as you described. You had two wonderful actresses you totally believe in. You wrote it, you mm. produced it, you acted in it, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I played a little bit. All right, if this movie's in well-received, it's going to be hard for you. You know, it's funny, I thought about that. because I Everything's on the line here. Yeah, I've gotten to the point where things I act in, I can not totally divorce myself from it, but I enough to like where the bad reviews don't make me feel all that bad after. And I rarely read reviews anymore. I think that's the best way around that. In this case, I think I'd have to completely avoid them because yeah, it would it would hurt, I think, in a way that- Oh, you're going to read them? You're going to be too curious? No. You're too vested in this. Your um, brother's going to read them to you. My brother might read them. He won't read them to me because he knows that my skin is too thin. And they're easy to avoid, uh, reviews. They're really easy to avoid. I did a play last spring and in that case, it's tough because people are coming in saying, did you hear we got one or two? You know, everyone's talking about it. But no, I, I can avoid them. So when you write, direct, produce, act in a movie and mm-hmm. fund it yourself, is there more money to be made in that from a business viewpoint? Like, can you make more money or does it just cost you more money and you get the satisfaction of knowing you birthed the baby and you brought it to life? Maybe in theory you couldn't make money. But in this case, it was so that th- we didn't have, I mean, I love Melanie Linsky and Judy Greer, but- they're not considered big movie stars that would draw but a big budget. they're so well respected. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but in other words, the movie had to be a lower budget. And I had to give up a lot of financial incentive in order to make it. So, mm. so no, we don't really stand to make any money doing it. But if it is a good movie, and we, and we really hope it is, then the idea is hopefully we can make more because of I really love doing it. And this is your first time you've done that. Yeah, so this first is a feature. whole new adventure for you. Yeah, my brother and I have made shorts before, mm-hmm. a lot of shorts, and, and knew that we loved doing it. We loved the process. But this is the first feature, so I'm hoping... Congratulations. Thanks, I'm Barbara. rooting for you. Oh. One person buying a ticket, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I'll bring a friend. Oh, good. Yeah, you can see it on your on your vacation in Utah. I'll do that. How about your brother Christian? What's his role? He's a writer. I mentioned that we do the podcast together. 
we do the introduction of the subject of the, of the guest and then we do the outro. So he kind of critiques my performance in the conversation. Interesting way to do it. And you've never yeah. thought of having him asking the questions like a bullet. Or blah, 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 well, blah, he writes like a lot of the questions. Oh, he does? Yeah. 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 He is kind of the brains behind Oh, behind so you're just a talk machine. That's all you are, Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just a vessel. Oh. Just an empty vessel. I, I think a little more than that. I oh. sense too much your personality in the questions. I don't think that's all, Christian. You can't fool me. I couldn't do it with anyone else. When you're in a movie, how long does it take and then what happens on that closing day when they say, it's a wrap, you've been living and enjoying friends, colleagues, you know, I'm sure a lot about them, but what happens? Is that a sad day? Do you say, hey, I'll give you a call and nobody ever calls? Mm, yeah. What, what really happens on when you wrap up after a movie? Well, it depends. When I first started, I thought we were all going to be best friends and keep in touch. It's like summer camp. And then depending on how strong the bonds were, you lose touch and things change. And But did you believe always when you were leaving back then that you're going to be best buds? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. Because again, it, it's this bonding experience in the sense that it's a very intimate and you're mm. the whole crew's going out all the time. And mm. as, especially if you shoot on location, if you shoot in a Savannah or, or Raleigh or some wherever in the country where you're not from, you're discovering this new place. A with family. With yeah. family, yeah. And certainly with a TV show, the longer you're on. But I still keep in touch with people that I worked with when I started out, when I was 20, you know, 20 years ago. Even if I don't, even if I haven't seen them in 10, 15, 20 years, that's one of the great things about the podcast is um, I get to kind of catch up with people. Jennifer Goodwin is someone, for example, whom I worked with on Ed, on this TV show, Ed. And you had that for what, four years or seven years? Four, we did Ed. But this is 20 years ago and I haven't seen Ginny in 10 years. It was so fun. You had an excuse to call her up and say, come on over exactly. my podcast, let's catch up. And that's rare nowadays, especially when people have kids. You're right about Life that. Life gets in the way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you use this medium, podcasting, to get together with your old friends. To maintain Connor. friendships, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what, can I tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to start doing that too. You should. You were talking about ex-boyfriends and stuff. It might be fun to have Rocky oh, Rockiano on. Yeah, I'll have, and there's a drum set where we're sitting yeah. and I'll sit on his lap again. Short John. <laughs> <laughs> They're real life characters, right? Yeah, oh, great names. Good idea to get together with old boyfriends. I did that with my first love and I was shocked. So what's wrong with your other brother, the brother that you never had? <laughs> no, I mean, the guy has two brothers, two nice yeah. brothers, the capable people. And yeah. one guy you get together with all the time, do a joint deal with him, love him to death. And the other brother, what do you do for him? What brother? do I do for him? Well, for I watch him, his kid all the time. I, oh, we have free babysitting. We're pretty good mannies, my other brother and I, for his two kids, close with my nephews. Well, my older brother, Damien, is very bright. And he's an English teacher in Connecticut. He has a family. He just doesn't have the time. I mean, as you know, even doing one of these a week is exhausting. Strangely yeah. time consuming. Yeah, surprising. Yeah. I yeah. don't know why it is, but it is. Yeah, yeah. The it's planning, fun. figuring out who you're going to have, who you're going to book, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's a pain in the neck. Yeah, it's fun. I just can't imagine doing it if I had a, a regular teaching job, you know, but yeah. we do want to have him on and, uh, Maybe do like a reoccurring. Well, guess bit. what? I'm going to invite him before you ever do. Oh, there good. Go. All, right, all right. And I'm going to make him so interesting by my <laughs> questions. You're going to be jealous. Say, why didn't I see that, my brother? It's what not a competition, but me? okay. He would be great on a podcast. He's very funny. Well, and thank smart. you. Mm. See, you proved my point. I'll have him on my very next podcast. You mm. I'm not letting grass grow into my feet at all. Okay. <laughs> 
So back to acting. And I'm, I'm asking you so much because I don't have any knowledge of it. So I'm a good person to ask. No, yeah. What about the roles you play? I saw you. I can't remember what it was. Mm. I don't know if it was a commercial That's role a where you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't playing a good guy, but I associate you oh. with always the good guy, the likable guy, oh. the lovable guy. Is that what you go out for? Do you do you feel like oh, I want to play a good guy because I want people to enjoy me and like me, or <laughs> no. I, I'm afraid of a bit, or you just typed as a good guy? I think it's just what people, what you've done early on, and how people think of you. And recently on a Netflix show, it's called Jiri Haji. It was a BBC Netflix. Oh, I didn't see that. I mean, I'm not tooting my own horn. I have a small part in it, but it's really good. I feel really grateful to be a part of it. I played. A, I wouldn't say he's a good guy. He's a much more amoral character. And Ooh, uh, it was, wow, I can't picture that. Oh, it was fun. And oftentimes with theater and certain plays, I'll get to play different roles. But it's however people are willing to cast you. Yeah, yeah. There have been a few of those roles that I've gotten to do where I I play a less savory character. And I I love doing that. It's really fun to explore. Yeah, but you don't prefer to play like a good guy? I always thought that was a choice. You spend your career a certain way. Oh, no, no, no. It's just how I think I'm seen by certain people. And no, no. If I had my druthers, I I would say it'd probably be more fun to do the opposite. Get to play a bad guy or, or, or at least somebody who is flawed in some ways. That's always more interesting. In the second year of Shark Tank, I was traveling with Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. As yeah. he, he only calls himself as everybody else calling him. <laughs> That's a crazy thing to call yourself. But in the, in the first couple of years, he was such a bastard on that show. And I was in <laughs> an airport with him somewhere. We were doing a presentation together. Uh-huh. And a woman came up to me and said, oh, I love you. And she looked at him, I hate you. I said, how does that feel? You're like the bad shark and I'm the nice shark. Can I guess? Yeah. He enjoyed it. He loved it. How yeah. would you know that? Yeah. He loved every minute of it. Well, it's like what we were talking about in The Bachelor. I think a lot of people, a lot of these bachelors are now creating their own bad guy, bad girl narrative. And they're leaning into that. I think it's because it's memorable. Because who doesn't like Darth Vader and the it's Joker? Really and yeah, You almost have more strength as a negative note, you know? Yeah. Well, she's nice, isn't as complimentary as, hey, have you heard what he said? That's true. That's interesting. I mean, I don't think I could do that. I'm too much of a people pleaser. I don't think I could purposefully create that kind of persona. But you could when you act. Exactly. Exactly. And again, that's another freeing element because that behavior, it's like they say, um, we're all capable of doing really awful things. We're capable of it. Oh, I don't really believe that. I think we're all capable of it. I think it's a matter of tempering our behavior and how we have degrees of empathy and compassion. And You don't think it's how you're wired and made? Like you couldn't be a bad guy and be violent towards someone. In my wildest dreams, I couldn't imagine it. If somebody hurt a family member or they did something awful to, yeah, I've been filled with that kind of violent rage where Mm. I could have done something to somebody. I mean, I unfortunately haven't. Mm. Yeah, if somebody hurt my family. So why podcasting and and what does that have to do with acting? If you're, well, I guess you're in a role if you're interviewing on a podcast, but you're acting Mm. yourself, I would think. Is that the true self? Is that the Justin that we see on the podcasting, your attitude, your personality? Is that the real you or do you suit yourself for who you're interviewing? That's a good question. I hope that it is as true to myself as I can be. Seems so to me. It could. Well, mm-hmm. I was just talking to Jason Biggs today. And Jason's someone I've known for a long time. We both kind of started out together. And we were talking about how back in the day, you know, some of our early interviews, how embarrassing they are to think about or to see. Really? The way you answered things or how self-conscious you were? Yeah, or? both. I think I wasn't comfortable enough in my own skin and how I presented oh. myself. And I think I was too 
aware of looking a certain way or too insecure to be yourself perhaps i think so i see that off sometimes with people on talk shows and stuff and, mm-hmm. and you know you get nervous and you want to be funny and you can feel this stress though you don't have to yeah, know a yeah. lot about the business to feel the stress watching like ooh, totally when you see that kind of stress sadly it makes you not believe what you're seeing there whereas maybe a kinder view would be just say oh i'd feel the same way i'd be nervous i get it be yeah cool. You yeah. tend to backpedal a little bit, I think. I think so. And at least the goal with the podcast is to be as present and yourself as you can be. And I enjoy that about it. There's very little pressure. I love having conversations and getting to know people. In some cases, people that I know really well. When we had our grandmother on, our 103-year-old grandmother, that yeah, was an example of like- tell me about that. Oh, it was- I a, haven't heard that. I have to hear this. She's really like sharp and with it and funny. Oh, wow. And, oh, what she's great. What a role model. Yeah. No, we're very lucky. In fact, my other grandmother's also 103. No yeah, way. You yeah. Come on. No, you don't no. expect me to believe this. No, it's true. A weird thing to lie about. The one that we interviewed is- very sharp and we're very close. She's also a very giving person and she's a real empath. And so she's not used to talking about herself. And you were trying to get her to talk about herself? Yes. And she did. I mean, she really opened up. And so it was interesting for us, our whole family, really, to hear these stories about. And what did you learn about oh, her that would be a surprise that you wouldn't learn if for a woman who's been around for 103 years? When there was a Spanish flu outbreak and most of the family came down with it and she happened to not. And I knew mm. of that, but I didn't know details about it. And I, and I didn't know that she had had a sibling that died several oh. months into their lives. And I didn't know some really drastic things that my grandfather almost died from a simple little ear. This is before modern medicine. And, yeah, and, before and penicillin. Penicillin, and yeah. the Spanish flu, I was just reading the other day. I don't know if it's true, but I read it killed 40% of the world's population. Is that possible? That seems like far it's more shocking. than the bubonic yeah. plague. Uh, I think that was the worst. I think yeah, what Spanish I was reading flu. said Spanish. Uh, Are you afraid was, of coronavirus? No. You know what I'm afraid of? I'm, I'm afraid of things that I can do something about. I mm-hmm. try not to be afraid of stuff I can't do anything about. So oh. I'm washing my hands as best I can. That's about it. That's yeah. great. Yeah, they say off. 30 seconds. All right. So back to podcasting. What is so satisfying about doing a podcast for you? It's related to acting, but vastly different. I think just getting to know people. It's a little selfish because I like having conversations. It's so rare nowadays to just have the space and the time to sit with someone. Well said, especially yeah. one-on-one. Yeah, Yeah, you hardly have time for your own immediate family to sit one-on-one. I know. Isn't that funny? Isn't that interesting? And you know, neither of us are sitting here with cell phones. We're not checking texting. I mean, that alone is a rarity. I know. And I'm guilty of the same thing. The Wi-Fi went out in my place yesterday, and it was kind of nice to just Mm. uh, It's like a snow day. Yes. (laughs) It's it's exactly the same feeling. You're free. You don't really have to do anything. Kind of nice. Well, how do you control your life with all the stuff coming at you? I think it's a problem for everybody today. They don't know where that balance is. I don't think there actually is one. But what do you do with everything coming at you? Texting, emails, Mm. people trying to take their little piece of you. I think I am just really cognizant of making sure I have those moments where I put my phone away. And And you really do do that. Yeah. Consciously put it away. I have a place in Massachusetts in the kind of a woodsy area and- when I, I go there, I try to go there as often as I can, and it's not great Wi-Fi there. And so I'm forced to not be able to <laughs> get Whoa, my phone. It's really lucky nice. Lucky you. Yeah, and you can fish, and there's and, a garden. And it's not even by design. You didn't choose it because you not really. have good Wi-Fi service, right? No, that's just, it was a fringe benefit. I need to be better about that, about giving myself uh, more time. I doubt it. Everybody yeah. needs to be better about everything. It seems to me like you got to figure it out. Barbara. 
We're here talking about this podcast of Justin Long named Life is Short with Justin Long. And he has two grandmothers that are 103 years old to prove it, that life is really long, not short. But nonetheless, that's the name of his podcast, so we'll give him that. It was an inappropriate title when she was on. Yes, yeah. for sure. 103, yeah. 103 times two. Amazing. Yeah. You're going to be around a long while. You're just oh, starting I hope your so. life. Don't say that. I don't I want you to you jinx will. me. I think you will. Okay. But uh, do listen to his podcast. And let me tell you what I found so delicious about being on his podcast, and that's why I know it's good. He had the good sense to invite me on. He really knows how to listen. He, he feels cozy, like wow. you're just kind of hanging out in his little leather chair in the corner that he's had for 50 years, <laughs> and you're shooting the shit. That's how it sounds oh, on your nice. podcast. That's and for really that, nice. you can have a special visit. I feel that way. Like, it's just cozy and lovely. It's comfortable. You're happy to be there. I'm happy to be there. Thanks, and that's what you hear when you listen to your podcast. Oh, well, you were such a good guest for that environment because you're very, like I said to you on that, accessible and open and very kind of you to do that. My pleasure. There's the news. Love fest, love fest, love fest. Yeah. Is this that part of the show? <laughs> I was supposed to read you tarot cards. You in for that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll just do a quick read. You know how to do that? I'm very good at it, people say. I don't know wow. why. I make all this up. Uh-huh. Shuffle the cards so okay. the cards could feel. Just okay. feel your your energy. Oh, oh. That's what I believe. Okay. Oh. It's odd because your past lineup doesn't look anything like my impression of you. So if I were just reading the cards, no, no, that's that a sex card. That doesn't look good. Oh, it no, is? No, that's a sex card. You're the devil. devil with the chain and the man and the woman. No, no, no. That means good in bed. That doesn't look sexual to me. It is very sexual, that card. In the present, uh-huh. three cards right away. Okay. I would say in the not right today on this day of the week. But in your present, the cards are telling me that you are really looking for who you want to be, that you haven't settled on Whoa. who you want to be. You're very much searching for who you want to be. Right. And you're a little bit confused about it. Okay? So glad we did this, Barbara. Yeah, it's, it's great. So unflattering. Right, right, right. And also, <laughs> I don't know who I am. also with this middle one, of course, mm. has a woman upside down with the swords flung behind her head. Okay. The cards are sexless. So I see that as you. I think you're a bigger warrior than you let yourself up to be. Oh. I think you spend a lot of time worrying. Uh, and you don't acknowledge it for what it is. You don't recognize how much you worry. I worry a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your mother, okay? And somehow she has a very strong influence on you, and she very much influences who you are in the, in your present life. You're totally okay. right. My mother's a big worrier. Yeah. You, she's not the only worrier. You yeah. worry because of her. Yeah, yep. great. You've inherited that from her. I'm cool. sorry to say. You seem like such a cool guy. I can't picture you being a worrier before. No, nah, I do. According to the cards, okay. This is in your future. You're going to actually make a very specific decision as to where you're going to go. Huh. And it's going to be not like a decision like, I'll take on a little more of this, take on a little more of that. You're going to choose a clear direction that this is who you want to be, mm. and that's the direction you're going to go in. And, you know, it's not going to have to do with money. It's going to have to do with fulfillment. Okay, that's the king of cups. I read it as cups filled with fulfillment or mm-hmm. where you get your satisfaction out of life, and you're mm. squarely on the throne. So whatever decision you make, it's not going to have to do with money. It's going to have to do with fulfillment, and it's going to mm. be the right decision, and it's going to feel right at home, mm. like right in your sweet spot. Oh, right? that makes sense. Oh, and the final card. Mm. You want to have a family. Oh, yeah. But in a big way, more than you ever envisioned you really want. Yeah. Your family is in that future lineup right after you square yourself away. <laughs> I figure out who I am. And get your fulfillment. And you make your decision, get your fulfillment, know who you are. And then you want to have a family. But ironically, that family is on its head, too. And yet it's so much your desire in your future. Mm. That's oh. your destiny. That's your future. There's your family. Everybody's laughing. Children are. It looks nice. Are, how many children? It's nicer than the devil's sex. One. It's very, very joyful. And it's fulfilling. 
No. Um, I don't see any woman in your future lineup that you're in love with someone. But I'm wondering why you're not putting your arms around that and welcoming it in. That's why mm. it's not in your life, because you're not welcoming it in. Well, there's someone from my past. I kind of have like the one that got away sort mm-hmm. of thing. Maybe oh, it's really? that. Really? Yeah. I don't see a woman in the way, though. Mm. I see you just like uh, not accepting it. Mm. I mean, for whatever reason, oh, woman. That woman, is she still around? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you give her a call? We still talk occasionally. I <laughs> you mean, do? Yeah, we're still very close, actually. Yeah, but you can't get together with no. her and have a family for sure. No. Well, maybe that's in the way, but something's in the way because oh, it's supposed mm. to be your destiny, but oh. you're not acknowledging it. I and there's to. your future guard. Oh, this is the hangman, which scares the hell out of everybody, but it's right side up, which is going to make a decision and have a family. I don't know who you're going to marry because there's no girl in the lineup. No guy in the lineup, but definitely <laughs> you're going to have a family. Huh. You know, maybe you're going to have kids on your own. Have you thought about that? So funny. Someone just brought that up the other day. Like, maybe you should do that. And I was like, Ugh, am, I, am I at that age now that we're... Uh, why not? Why not? It's about it. a great yeah. babysitter, your great uncle. You have yeah. nephews you obviously adore. Why wouldn't you do Maybe. maybe. There's so many kids who need to be, as you know, who need oh, adoption. And, and there's no difference between natural baby and adopted baby. I know I have one of each. There's yeah. no difference. You love them the same. Oh, I bet. Well, no. that's what the cards say. Well, thanks, Barbara. Believe it or don't believe it. I'm going to give you a oh, punch. Well, well, now that we know each other, it's, a hug is more appropriate. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you a hug. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was so fun. If you're wondering how the coronavirus is affecting business, you might want to hop over to my other podcast, Business Unusual. I'm going to be talking to callers whose work have been affected by the virus and what smart things they can do about it. So hop on over to my Business Unusual podcast and listen in. And that's all the questions we have time for today. I hope you found the advice helpful. Think I got it right? Think I got it wrong? Have an idea for a great guest? Come on, give it to me. Tweet me at Barbara Corcoran using the hashtag 888Barbara. And keep those questions coming into the 888Barbara hotline. You can subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't be coy. Leave a review for the show at Apple Podcasts and keep the party going on. We'll see you next time. 888 Barber is produced by Sandy Smolens for Audiation. And Lila Mann is our executive producer. Audiation.